Today is part two of two of our interactive sermon opening up our stewardship season. So we will be, um, there will be a part that you have some activity here in a minute, but before we get to that part, I want to share a few thoughts with you. This opening collect that we prayed right here at the start of the service, that we might hear the words of scripture, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them. These words the church has been praying for 400 years, always somewhere around the second week of November, maybe the third week on occasion, depending on how the year falls out. For 400 years, we have been praying these words. The Reformation, which was where Anglicanism began in the 1600s, was an opportunity to open up the text, the Holy Scriptures, to people no matter your education and circumstance. And that's when the Scriptures were translated into the language of the people. The Psalms, the Anglican Church created in English, and they're in our Book of Common Prayer. And the lectionary was fine-tuned, this, this guiding principle tool of what scriptures to read on any given Sunday. So for 400 years, at least every third year, we've been reading these exact passages of scripture. For you see, they're on a rotating basis so that most of the Bible gets read in the course of three years. We're on the third year, the Gospel of Luke. We'll read him next week as well. And then when Advent begins, we will start with the Gospel of Matthew, and that's what will carry us through for the next liturgical year. I raise this up because I'm amazed at the gift of the church to us and the belief by the Anglican Church in its founding that through the practice of coming to worship every single week, which was easier sometimes than others, People would be formed in the faith, and our own theology, our own development would happen just through the weekly engagement with worship. That's true to an extent. But there are parts that are a little bit complicated. Wouldn't you agree? Like today's lessons. <laughs> if we were to, we could spend an hour on, the Paul, on Paul's second letter to the Thessalonians, that little bitty blurb. We could talk about it in great detail, and from that conversation, I'm sure there are several themes that would emerge that would be part of our conversation. This idea of meritocracy, what it is to earn your right of place. We might also consider how tempting it is to take some passages of Scripture and use them so literally when other passages of Scripture, we're not as tempted to do that. We might reflect on how we do that even in this day and age. We might get into a conversation about the word idle and how it's defined. Aren't there various ways to be idle, depending on what the work is at hand? We don't have time to look at that in this homily today. Or even the gospel. Look at the themes that are in there. Wars and insurrections. We're like, hey, we got those, right? Is this now the time? These scriptures were written 2,000 years ago. I think there was another insurrection between then and now, right? There's been a few wars between then and now. What sense do we make of Jesus' words? How is it that the church helps us be the church? Indeed, Sunday worship is a main thing that we do. But what, is it, what does it mean to be the body of Christ in this day and age? What does it mean to live the word out here in the world? What does it look like for the body of Christ? How would people even recognize us? 
That's our theme for our stewardship season this year. What does it mean to be the body of Christ? Or what meaning do we make from Paul's metaphor of the body of Christ? For it was the Apostle Paul that created this metaphor. He uses it in Romans chapter 12. He uses it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He uses it in Ephesians in the fourth chapter. He refers to it in Colossians a little bit. This idea that we are the body of Christ made so through Christ's death and resurrection and our baptism into his death and resurrection. He uses this analogy to point out that we're all important in this scheme, that none of us can be left out. The hand cannot say to the foot, I have no need of you, nor the foot to the hand, I have no need of you. Even though, as I mentioned last week, I am sure that my hand and my foot, if they didn't have my central nervous system to communicate, would be baffled by the other. What do you even do? How do you make, what, how do you do your job? If the foot thought that everything had to be done that way, then the hand is not functioning. If the hand thinks that everything has to be done this way, then the foot is irrelevant. That's the invitation we're invited into to consider the value that each of us bring, whether we be a hand or a foot or an eye or an ear or any other part of the body. No need to really spend too much time perhaps on that but instead to spend time on savoring the truth that we are all connected in Christ. We are the body of Christ made so in our baptism into Jesus' death and resurrection. So today, in our interactive portion of this sermon, I want to invite you to consider what do you think is important that the church do? What is it that the church needs to do in order for the world to see Christ in it? You might have any range of answers. It might be something, you know, kind of that you can't really touch, like love one another. But it might be something you can totally touch, like feed the hungry. What is it that you think the church needs to do in order to be known as the body of Christ in the world? The complexity of this, these passages of Scripture this morning um, is duly noted. And so, um, as a takeaway from our time, I'm not going to try to do a whole sermon on them. <laughs> but I will highlight the last line of both passages of Scripture, which I think you can cut out and, uh, or put on a sticky note and tape it to your dashboard or your mirror. Um, they, it will stand alone. Each of these last sentences will stand alone. Second Thessalonians, the last sentence is, Brothers and sisters, do not be weary in doing what is right. And the last line from our Gospel passage in Luke 21 is, by your endurance, you will gain your souls. We hear in these passages, this, these sentences, the exhaustion of faithfulness at times. How tiring it can be to try to do what is right. Do not be weary. Well, that would indicate that we can get weary, right? How it is that endurance will save your souls. Endurance is um, hard. It takes us to the point of exhaustion. And usually as we gain capacity to work to that point of exhaustion, we have the capacity to move beyond it, growing even further. This, I think, is a reminder to us by the people who have gone before, by those early followers of Jesus, that living a life of following Jesus is not always easy. And indeed, perhaps if you were struggling with what to write down about what the church should do, it might be because it's in the scriptures that we find our guidance. Not merely on a Sunday morning, although that does help immensely, but as we read, mark, and inwardly digest them, 
that's where we start to gain the deep wisdom of these passages. Passages that were written way before Western capitalism and all that we know has ever, was ever developed. And it is true that as we come into the scriptures and know them deeply and digest them into our very selves, they change our health. They change our health as individuals and as a community. We start to want different things. We start to feel differently as the scriptures come into us. And so that is my word of encouragement to you from the passages of scripture today as we round out this liturgical year. Next week, we'll celebrate Christ the King and recognize Jesus' lordship in our lives and recognize perhaps the ways in which we can grow into a deeper capacity of recognizing that. And the Lord reminds us it's as simple as this. Come unto me, Jesus says. Come unto me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn my ways, and you will find yourself strengthened for the days ahead. You will not grow weary. I will renew your strength. I will come under your wings like the the wind does to an eagle. I will lift you up. You will have a youthfulness even in your old age because of how I will fortify you. Your foot will not slip because I will be there to catch it. This is the invitation God gives to us as we engage with the Holy Scriptures. And it is in that invitation that we are given the promise of a life that is full of freedom and love and joy and peace, of gratefulness, of kindness and faithfulness, all the gifts that God has to offer us. Amen.